Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going over my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number three of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want access to my weekly rankings as well as an answer to any question you may have, make sure to check out the Patreon for $7.50 link in the video description or in the pinned comment. So without further ado, let's get into my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for week number three of the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the running back position at number one with Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the New York football giants at home in San Francisco tonight on Thursday night football. Christian McCaffrey has been great through the first two weeks of the season and he's going to continue his greatness in week three up against a not so hot Giants defense. This could be a game that easily gets out of hand in the first half of the game and then the third and fourth quarter we see a whole lot of Christian McCaffrey getting a bunch of carries. He's gotten 20 plus carries in in both of the last two games. I could easily see him getting 25 in this spot up against the Giants. At number two, we have Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Now, Tony Pollard from a size based isn't necessarily the biggest running back on earth, and that is going to make him struggle on the goal line against teams like the Jets, who are obviously a very solid defensive unit. But up against the Arizona Cardinals, even despite Tony Pollard's size, I think that Pollard will be able to sneak into the end zone here up against the Cardinals. The Cardinals do have one of the worst defenses in the NFL and they're already dealing with a bunch of injuries so Tony Pollard is a very safe option this week at running back as is all of these guys inside the S tier at number three Bijan Robinson of the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Detroit Lions in Detroit to start off his NFL career two games inside the top nine at the running back position in PPR the Detroit Lions defense just got a train ran on him by the Seattle Seahawks last week so we should expect that Bijan Robinson is going to do very well in this game. We saw a lot of Tyler Algier last week, just like in week number one, and I get that going forward all season, it is going to be frustrating when Algier vultures Bijan Robinson, but at the end of the day, this is an offense that is built off of running the football. Bijan Robinson is a fantastic running back, one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he deserves his spot inside the S tier this week up against the Detroit Lions. Moving to the A tier again, we did just talk about how the S tier guys, you're starting all of them. You're also obviously starting every single person in the A tier. They are just a slight bump down from the guys in the S tier. So Travis Etienne of the Jags going up against the Houston Texans at home in Jacksonville. Travis Etienne had a down game up against the Chiefs last week, but the whole Jaguars offense looked a little limp dick in that spot. I think in week number three here up against a soft Texans defense, we should see Etienne return to former glory. In week one, he was the RB6, 18 carries, 77 rushes, five targets, five receptions. 27 receiving yards and a touchdown. This team doesn't really appear to want to use Tank Bigsby as much as I thought they would. So Travis Etienne is a very safe option week in and week out. At number five, we have Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the LA Rams at home in Cincinnati. We have seen that the LA Rams defense is far from ideal up against the run. Now Joe Mixon has yet to put up a top 12 performance yet this season at the running back position and he is very much at the mercy of 
of Joe Shiesty in this game if Joe Burrow does not end up going and they end up having to go with Jake Browning, Minnesota Vikings legend, then Joe Mixon's value would definitely plummet. I would drop him down a tier, but right now, assuming Joe Burrow is going to tough it up and play in Monday Night Football or the second doubleheader on Monday Night Football, Joe Mixon is a guy that I 100% want in my lineup. Again, I think this is a huge bounce back spot for Mixon. At number six, we have Kenneth Walker the third of the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Carolina Panthers at home in Seattle. Week one was kind of eh for Kenneth Walker, but week number two was a bigger game for Walker up against the Detroit Lions. Two touchdowns in that spot, RB14 on the week. The Carolina Panthers defense might be a little bit sneaky good, but at the end of the day, the Panthers offense just cannot move the ball. The Panthers offense moves the rock at the rate that old people fuck, which if you didn't know, was incredibly slow, running at a tortoise pace. So Kenneth Walker going up against that Panthers team, this game might get out of hand, right? Now, again, the Panthers defense might be sneaky good, or the opponents they've played might just be pretty bad. So I think Kenneth Walker is going to stomp all over this Panthers defense at number seven, Josh Jacobs of the Los Vegas Raiders going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home in Viva Las Vegas. Now, Josh Jacobs has yet to crack the top 24 at the running back position, but I am not going to give up on Josh Jacobs. It does appear the fact that he wasn't at a majority of training camp with the team due to the contract disputes prior to him putting his John Hancock on that contract obviously might have led to him starting slower on the season. I still do believe strongly, though, that Josh Jacobs is one of the better running backs in the National Football League. The matchup against the Steelers isn't necessarily the best, but we did see both 9-inch Nicholas Chubb prior to him getting hurt and Jerome Fode look good up against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. So I think Jacobs will be just fine, even if he doesn't have like a top 10 performance this week. I think he will. But even if he doesn't have that elite of a performance, I am not panicking yet on Josh Jacobs. Again, based upon what we saw last season and based upon what we've seen this season, right? The usage has been there. We just need the Raiders offense to be a little bit better. At number eight, we have Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans going up against the Cleveland Browns this week in Cleveland at 1 p.m. So Derrick Henry was limited in practice on Wednesday with a toe injury. I'm sure that he ended up having Rex Ryan look at it because Rex Ryan loves fucking feet if you didn't know that. Now you know, top 13 running back or 14 running back in the first two games of the season. Again, nothing special out of Derrick Henry, but a lot of people panicked after week one saying, oh my God, Tajay Spears is getting all this usage, Nick. Aren't you panicked? Aren't you worried about Derrick Henry? And I wasn't worried at all. I understand that Tajay Spears is going to play a role in this offense. I understand he's going to go out there and catch passes, lay some blocks down, some pancakes down like he's at fucking IHOP. But at the end of the day, Derrick Henry is still the lead back. He is still going to get 15, 20, maybe even 25 carries in this game. The Browns defense is definitely solid, but they're much better against the pass than up against the run. Moving now to the B tier at running back. Again, these are all still guys that you need to be playing in week number three. They're just a little step down from the guys in the A tier. At number nine, Raheem, the dream mostert of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Denver Broncos at home in Miami. Running back five in week two, running back 18 in week 
week number one. The Denver Broncos defense definitely got gashed up against the run last week with Brian Robinson and the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. The Dolphins offense finally, Mike McDaniel finally figured out that, hey, maybe we shouldn't have Tua throw the ball seven gazillion times when our running attack is so good. Now I get Raheem Mostert isn't fucking Bo Jackson. He's not Barry Sanders. He's not McCaffrey. He's not one of the better running backs in the NFL. But the Dolphins O-line is, even as a Dolphins fan, surprisingly really good. The run scheme is good because Mike McDaniel has that Kyle Shanahan system in him, right? That fantastic running upside of an offense, right? The run scheme is very good. So Raheem Mostert is the RB1. Salvin Ahmed may play, may not play. If not, Devin Two Chains will be the RB2 and Devin A. Chain more of a pass catching back. So Raheem Mostert who's caught three total passes through the first two games of the season. If he loses some of that work to A-Chain. It really is what it is. I think Mostert has the upside to score two touchdowns, just like he did last week, and thus, he is ranked as a top 10 back for me on the week. At number 10, we have Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots going up against the New York Jumbo Jets in MetLife. Running back 13 in week one, 17 in week number two. Ramondre Stevenson is clearly the best running back on the Patriots, but you will see whole drives where Ramondre Stevenson is cast to the side, stiff-armed by Derrick Henry into Middle Earth for fat boy Zeke Elliott to run out there and get two fucking yards of carry. Why is Ezekiel Elliott seeing as much work as he is? You are 0-2, Bill Belichick. 0-2, not 2-0, 0-2. Stop experimenting with Ezekiel Elliott. Stop trying to get cute, Bill O'Brien. Run the rock with Ramondre Stevenson. He saw a dip in terms of targets in week number two against the Dolphins. I expect the targets to come back up in week number three. Again, not the most ideal matchup against the Jets, but you know the volume is going to be there. And I think the volume is going to get higher as Bill O'Brien continues to realize that Ezekiel Elliott is incredibly washed. Moving now to running back number 11 here. We got Kyron Williams of the LA Rams going up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Cam Akers got sent in a trebuchet to the Minnesota Vikings. They kicked them right the fuck out of there for just some middle round picks, late round picks. Who gives a damn? He's gone now. It is Kyron Williams' season in LA. Now, I was a Cam Akers almost truther in the offseason. I saw what he did at the end of last season. I didn't think Kyron Williams was as good as him, and I thought that based upon the workload that he had at the end of last season and how he was producing, that it was very clear that we weren't going to have the same escapade, the same bullshit that we went on with last season with Akers, where he starts off the season incredibly bad. They put him on the trade block. They don't trade him. Then eventually, at the end of the season, he's a late season hammer a league winning running back but what actually happened is the exact same shit it was the same shit different day cam makers doesn't perform well they put him on the trade block but this time instead of just juggling around there like a fucking clown and having him ride the pine him do absolutely fucking nothing for the first majority of the season this time they just sent him pack into minnesota so for Kyron Williams, this is a huge bump for him. Now you don't have to worry about Cam Akers. The other backs like Ronnie Rivers, who sounds like a male porn star name, Kyron Williams is locked and loaded as the lead back. Now, do I expect every single week to be a top 10 performance like it's been this season, right? Week one against Seattle, running back nine. Week two up against the Niners, running back number two. Fuck no, baby. But up against the Cincinnati Bengals defense, he could definitely get it wet a little bit and finish as a top 12 back on the week. Again, I don't want to overreact 
react and say that Kyron Williams is a top 12 running back weekly, but based upon what he's done so far this season, you would be absolutely luda, ludicrous to fucking sit this guy at this point in the season. At number 12, we got Jameer Gibbs of the Lions going up against the Hotlanta Falcons at home in Detroit. Week one, a lot of us that had Jameer Gibbs were left scratching our head, right? We were like, holy fuck, this guy looks really good with the limited opportunities. Why is he not getting the ball? Then in week number two, it was like, okay, this might be the same as week one. It might take longer than I originally forecasted for Gibbs to get a stranglehold over the backfield. But then, fast forward, David Montgomery gets hurt. Sadly, it doesn't appear to be season-ending, but I would be perplexed if he played in week number three here. Jameer Gibbs is going to be the lead back on the team. Now, they bring in other running backs as well, and they also have Craig Reynolds. So, do I think Jameer Gibbs is really going to be kicked up to the nth degree, right? Are they really going to go full-on workhorse running back with Gibbs? Probably not. For some reason, Dan Campbell is a little bit stubborn in that way. The offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, is. But hey, Jameer Gibbs should be seeing more work. And based upon what we saw on the field, it's very clear you need to start Jameer Gibbs. You need to start him in what could be an opportunity for him to finish as the RB1. Gibbs is really that good. The only question is... Is the team going to hold him back from doing that? Moving now to the C-tier running backs, 13 through 15. So the top 12 guys, I feel relatively safe with. I'm a little worried about Gibbs, but I feel safe with them. Now we get into the tier of running back that I still really like, but there are some question marks. Like with DeAndre Swift of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Make sure you guys hit that like button down below if you've enjoyed, as well as hitting that subscribe button if you are new. So DeAndre Swift in week number one was as irrelevant as it gets, and Kenneth Gainwell was the RB number one. But then in week number two, Kenneth Gainwell isn't there, and then DeAndre Swift is dominating 50 Shades of Grey style. 28 rushes. 175 yards, three targets, three receptions, six receiving yards, a touchdown, 27 PPR points, RB4 on the week, right? DeAndre Swift looked downright incredible. But right now, as we're sitting on Thursday, prior to Thursday Night Football, we still do not know the availability of Kenneth Gainwell. And if Kenneth Gainwell plays, are the coaches going to be stubborn, like we talked about with Dan Campbell, and go back to Kenneth Gainwell? Is Nick Sirianni stupid ass going to go back to that? Or is he going to stick with what works? Now, some coaches, they might see Swift go ballistic, go nuclear, drop his nuts in the mouth of the Minnesota Vikings defense, and be like, hey, we're going back to Gainwell. That was our guy. Or some are a little bit smarter. You know, they use their noggin, and they say, hey, let's give Swift more carries. So again, while I think Swift could be the straight-up RB1 this week on Monday Night Football against the Bucks, I'm still going to be worried if I have him in my lineup. There's still going to be that worry in the back of my head that says, hey, maybe Nick Sirianni is a stooge and gives more carries back to Gainwell. At number 14, James let him cook of the Buffalo Bills going up against the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders in Washington RB12 last week. The biggest problem with James Cook is that we just know at this point, unless it's like a 20 or 30 yard rushing or receiving touchdown, he's not getting a touchdown. Zero touchdowns to the first two games. We've seen the other running backs, Latavius Murray, as well as Damian Harris do their touchdown dance, but nothing for James Cook, despite the fact that James Cook is very evidently the best 
best running back on this team. The problem is he doesn't necessarily have the build of a goal line back, and they also have Josh Allen, who could at any point just take the ball and run it in himself. But it was promising to see in the first two weeks that Josh Allen didn't just run himself all the time. He was fine checking the ball down to James Cook, and that is great for James Cook's upside. Rushed for over 120 yards last week, 36 receiving yards again. The touchdowns are going to be scarce. But from a volume standpoint, James Cook appears to be a very safe bet week in and week out. But for him to reach his upside is like the RB5, I would say, on any given week, he is going to need that touchdown. Moving to running back 15, Zach Moss, RB10. Last week against the Texans, this week he gets the Ravens in Baltimore. Zach Moss looked incredible, right? The Deion Jackson show in week one was a complete and utter fucking disaster. Deion Jackson was fumbling the ball left and right. Deion Jackson just wasn't looking good. Then they go to Zach Moss, and Zach Moss looks downright incredible. Evan Hall, the other running back on the team, is out for the season with an injury he suffered in week number two. So until Jonathan Taylor eventually shows up, Zach Moss is going to be the guy. Now, in terms of skill set, do I think Zach Moss is all that great of an NFL running back? The answer would be no, but he is given a great opportunity. He is given a big slice of the pie of this Colts offense. Now, it would appear right now without Anthony Richardson practicing today that Richardson is going to be out on Sunday. Again, could things change Friday? Maybe he miraculously suits up on Sunday? Yeah. But right now, this game is a one o'clock kick on Sunday. I would think that Anthony Richardson is out. Now, Does that mean you should be fully out on Zach Moss? No, but I can't rank him higher than I have because with Gardner Minshew under center, we know the offense is going to be a little bit or maybe even a lot a bit worse. Moving now to the D tier, but before we get into the D tier running backs as well as the rest of the running backs for today's video in the top 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is back this week with yet another great offer for you guys. Whether you are new to Underdog Fantasy or not, you can take part in this. Underdog is back and giving $10,000 out again to 10 lucky winners who use this Tyreek total yards pick. That's $100,000 this week. 10 winners will be selected at random from an eligible customer who makes an entry with this pick. And this is just the beginning. We're going to bring you new exciting sweepstakes every single week. All you have to do is enter. There are no requirements for winning. So if you take higher than the yards and it ends up going lower or your other pick that you match with it doesn't hit doesn't matter you could still win the thousand dollars as well as there's no minimum fee so if you want to do just one dollar on your pick'em slip that's fine as well so we're going to go with higher for Tyreek higher than 85 and a half total yards and match it with just one other pick sadly they do not let you match it with the just one yard for Daniel Jones so we are going to go with Daniel Jones tonight higher than 37 and a half rushing yards. We could put just $1 down on this and potentially win the sweepstakes of $1,000 this Sunday. How the pick'em works though, in general, if you put two picks in, you get three times your entry buy-in if it all hits. If it doesn't hit, obviously, you won't get paid out anything. You can also insure your picks if you do three picks and they all hit six times, four picks and they all hit 10 times, five picks and they all hit 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy, they have a great offer for you as well. You have a first match deposit bonus of not just $100 now, 
up to $500. You deposit $500, they give you an additional $500. You deposit $100, additional $120, additional $20. Minimum deposit on underdogs, $10. Link in the video description or use promo code NOTORIOUS. If you have a gambling problem, make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things at number 16 to begin the D tier, we have Rashad White of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles at home in Tampa. Now, I was far from a Rashad White truther, mostly because this guy was as effective as something that is completely ineffective, right? Trying to brush your teeth with your fucking grandma's finger, right? Doesn't work out very well, but... 17 carries week one doesn't do too much with it, but then he gets 17 carries week two and looks really good running back eight on the week. And we know Rashad White is an excellent pass catcher. This Eagles defense is a little bit suspect dealing with some injuries and definitely doesn't look like the Eagles defense. That was a stone wall like Jackson from the Revolutionary War, right? So at the end of the Civil War, not the Revolutionary War, the Civil War. Sorry for all you history guys out there. I'm a history guy as well, but I misspoke. I apologize. But Rashad with two A's white actually looked good in week two. Looked a lot more effective, and I think we can roll him out with confidence this week against the Eagles. Again, especially since that Eagles defense looks a little bit suspect. But again, with these D-tier guys, we're starting to get a little bit more deep into things. A little more question marks for all of these guys. Again, these guys aren't guys that I'm trying to sit, but... There are more questions. These guys are not as good of players as the guys ranked ahead of them. At number 17, we have B-Rob. Now, some people might say, Nick, this is a little disrespectful. Uh, Brian Robinson's been a top 15 running back in both games. He was the RB1 last week. Didn't you watch the game, Nick? Uh, he's, he had two touchdowns, 87 rushing yards, 42 receiving yards, 29 fantasy points, and, and, and finished as the RB1. And then week one against the Cardinals, he looked really good as well. And I agree. He has looked good. But... They've won both of those games. Are they going to win up against the Buffalo Bills? Probably not. Now, the game script against Denver went very opposite of what it should have been, right? The Denver Broncos were fucking piping that ass like they were a plumber early on in that game, right? The Denver Broncos were up big, and they started choking in the second half. Brian Robinson looked good, though, in that game. So could Brian Robinson succeed against the Bills defense 100%, but I think this is the toughest test for him out of Arizona, Denver, now Buffalo. So again, not trying to devalue Robinson, shit on Robinson, say he's a bad running back, because I don't think that. But I want to be very realistic as we get deeper into the rankings that there are some downsides. He is currently, though, the RB3 on the season, so... We do definitely need to respect him. At number 18, we got James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. Two games inside the top 20 at the running back position. James Conner, we say it every single week. He is probably the grossest running back to play in fantasy football right now that will actually do something for you, right? When you put James Conner in your lineup, you start to shiver. You start to maybe fucking start feeling like you're going to puke or something. Like you got a case of the shits. Like you just ate $30 at Taco Bell. But at the end of the day, once you start him, like okay he looks good he rushed for over 100 yards in week two got a touchdown the Cowboys defense is definitely tough so I don't expect as big of a game as in week number two but he's a very reliable top 24 ish running back and maybe Josh Dobbs is just sneaky good and again while the Cowboys have the best defense in the NFL maybe they're able to rush a decent amount and 
Just get a decent day out of James Cotter. He did saw, see a dip in targets in week two. He had five in week one, just one in week number two. But we all know James Cotter is very proficient in terms of catching passes. So I would expect that to bump back up in week number three. At number 19, we got Jerome Ford. Now, Jerome Ford looked incredible in week number two, coming in relief of nine-inch Nicholas Chubb, 16 rushes for 106 yards, four targets, three receptions, 25 receiving yards, and one touchdown, RB6 on the week. The problem is the Tennessee Titans might legitimately have the best run defense in the NFL. Their pass defense has a lot of holes in it, like a fucking glory hole, but in week number three here, up against the Titans' run defense, I think Jerome Ford's going to struggle a bit. Now, they bring in Kareem Hunt, but while I think Kareem Hunt is a worthy waiver wire ad, I think you would be a little bit crazy to assume that Kareem Hunt is still the Kareem Hunt from a couple years ago. Now, is he fully washed? Is he unable to get a couple of carries, maybe a couple targets every game? No, he is not unable to do that. He can 100% do that. But is he as explosive? Is he that running back for the Chiefs that literally was one of the better running backs in the NFL? Fuck no, baby. He's not that anymore. So, I like Jerome Ford. I'm willing to eat the matchup here. Understand that he might sink my battleship, right? There's risk with it. But we know he's going to get a lot of carries. And maybe Deshaun Watson bounces back in week three. At number 20, we got left hand up. Who are we? Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders of the Carolina Panthers going up against the Seahawks in Seattle. Limited impact. In, impactus? Today, Junior. Limited in practice with a pec injury yesterday on Wednesday. If he does end up playing, the Seattle defense is a wet dream matchup for a running back. Miles Sanders hasn't looked good. Just hasn't. 3.6 yards per rushing attempt. Not good. Not catching as many passes as a lot of people thought he would. I was pretty off on Miles Sanders this offseason. And the fact that the Carolina Panthers offense looks as bad as they have through the first two weeks definitely isn't a sign of positivity for Sanders. But again, the matchup is good. Based upon where you drafted him, you probably have to start him, especially with all these injuries to the running backs position so far this season through just two games, right? Chubb, Saquon, Dobbins, lots of injuries, and maybe even some that I haven't been able to just pull right off the membrane here. But Sanders, again, not trying to shit on him a bunch, but you could argue that he should also be in the next tier, the E tier. And the E tier is just an amalgamation, a ragtag group of running backs that now we're really starting to worry, right? I worry about Sanders, but I'm way more worried about these other guys. Now, Pacheco hasn't cracked the top 24 yet this season, hasn't been given a lot of carries, but we know from that playoff run and from deep into last season that Pacheco is talented enough to finish in the top 24, especially in incredibly positive matchups like up against a god-awful Chicago Bears defense. Now, Pacheco was dealing with Pacheco, what the fuck can I not speak? Pacheco has been dealing with a hamstring injury, but he did practice on Thursday today. So again, while on a season-long standpoint, I am still very much worried about what Pacheco is going to do game in and game out. But in week number three, up against a putrid, a reeking, you can smell it through the screen, they reek like the guy whose penis got cut off in Game of Thrones. So the Chicago Bears here, the defense, very bad. Their defensive coordinator isn't there anymore. It was rumored that something crazy happened with him. I don't know. Only alleged. So uh, Pacheco, while normally he's a sit, 
The matchup's too good to sit him. At number 22, Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison has been shipped off into potential irrelevancy with the addition of Cam Akers. But they got Cam Akers last night, so I would have to think that Cam Akers won't be a huge part of the game plan this week in week number three. But going forward, this might be the dagger into Alexander Madison season. Now, I tweeted out Alexander Madison season is over, and someone said it never even started, but it did start in my brain because I was really an Alexander Madison truther. I thought it was just a guarantee he was going to see a lot of volume, and even if he struggled, the team would just be stuck giving him carries because Ty Chandler and these other backs on the team just aren't good enough. And again, while Cam Akers looks like a steaming pile of dog shit, he is going to quantify carries. So this week, I'm fine going with Akers as a start. But next week, things are going to be bad. Hopefully, Madison can actually have a big game up against a not-so-good Chargers defense. And then, you know, maybe he'll be able to fend off Akers. Or maybe the addition of Akers lights a fire under Madison's ass and he starts running better. Either way, though, I'm definitely concerned. At number 23, Javante Williams of the Broncos going up against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Okay matchup for a running back here. The Dolphins defense last year and to start off the season hasn't really been the best up against the run. We saw in week one, they got tag teamed by Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler week two, a little bit better against Stevenson and Zeke. Javante Williams has yet to crack the top 24 at the running back position, but I will note that I think as the season prolongs, Sean Payton is going to ramp Javante Williams production up a ton. And he's also been seeing a decent amount of targets, six targets week one, three targets in week number two, the game script here might go very wrong for Javante Williams, right? The Dolphins might start off the game up seven. Then Russell Wilson can't do anything. Mr. Unlimited, um, three and out. Dolphins score again. It's 14-0. And then Javante Williams is basically sent to Azkaban as he is cucked out of the game plan. Like that film with The Rock. But I do think that Javante Williams will see enough carries here to be fine. I think eventually Javante Williams will be like a must-start running back, but right now he's just a right, just, just, just a right, like I said, right? At number 24, Josh Kelly. Now, Josh Kelly, week one, looks amazing. Week two, not so much. In week one, Eckler softening the defense up. In week two, Eckler is not there. Now, we got somewhat of a positive report about Eckler this morning, but I don't really see Eckler playing in this game. Obviously, if Eckler plays, you're going to throw him up the rankings into, like, top 12, probably higher, top 5 running back. Like, maybe even in the S tier, right? I'm that confident in Mr. Clean, the bald man, Austin Eckler. But without Eckler, Joshua Kelly can't soften up the defense, right? He's averaging 4.5 yards per attempt, but that's because it was so good in week 1. He had 13 carries for 39 yards in week number 2. He also doesn't catch a bunch of passes. One target week one, one target week two, zero receptions. Vikings defense is bad. This matchup could be very high scoring. So again, do I want to start Joshua Kelly? No, no, I do not. But being put in the situation of without Eckler, this is where he belongs because the matchup is so good. But again, am I very confident in him? No. And number 25, Najee Harris, running back 44 in back-to-back -back weeks. Najee Harris fucking sucks. Going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Please, 
Matt Canada, oh Canada, and Mike Tomlin give the ball to Jalen Warren. Stop with this Najee Harris bullshit. Stop with it and give the ball to Jalen Warren. They're not gonna though. They're not gonna. This is a good matchup against the Raiders defense. So if Najee Harris was ever to pull us out of the dirt, to raise us from the deep depths of fantasy football sucking, right? If you drafted Najee Harris right now, your team is on the fucking struggle bus. Najee Harris reeks to high heaven. So let's hope that if they don't give the ball to Jalen Warren, that they commit to Najee Harris, and this is the game he's back on the saddle. He's got some good matchups coming up. But I'm going to be honest with you. I have more confidence in someone with dyslexia winning the spelling bee over Najee Harris putting up a big game in week number three. At number 26, Brees Hall. Now, week number one, Brees Hall on limited carries was amazing. Last week, he was the RB69. Very nice. I like Sir Funny. Money back 69. Borat. He likes it. Very nice. My wife. Right? Very funny. But it's not fucking funny. Shit ain't sweet for Brees Hall. This man basically shit all over... Xerxes from 300, a.k.a. Robert Salah, and said on Twitter, he put four football emojis. You want to know what that meant? Four rushes. One football for every rush. You gave this guy who bent the defense over a table, who sodomized the defense in week one in Buffalo. Four fucking carries in week two. Figure it out, Salah. The matchup's bad. I don't trust Salah. But hey, Brees Hall's really good, so just give him some carries. At number 27, Damian Pierce. Not to be mistaken with Damian Priest, WWE wrestler. Running back 27, expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros, and my running back 27. Going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, not the best run defense. He has yet to finish inside the top 40 at the running back position. Very evident that the offensive line being bottom of the shelf, bottom of the barrel is going to be the Achilles heel of Damian Pierce this season. The offensive line is so bad that Damian Pierce can't really do anything. And despite the offensive line being so bad last season, somehow, someway, Pierce overcame that. And so far through the first two games, he hasn't this season with C.J. Stroud, a much better quarterback under center. Now, Damian Pierce has basically zero competition, as Devin Singletary should be in the Canadian Football League. So, give him one last chance here. One last time for my old friend Damian Pierce. If he sucks, he's going to your bench. Not only is he going to your bench, I might consider cutting him. But, with how bad the running back backs have been this season, you're probably not cutting Damian Pierce. Moving now to... The F tier, right? This is where things start to get even grosser. Now, there is a note here. Tyler Algier passed him. We'll go to running back 29, then jump back to number 20. Back, 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 back to Algier. Aaron Jones did practice today. Now, does that mean that Aaron Jones is a mortal lock of the century to play on Sunday? No. He seems to be trending towards playing, but he will probably be very limited until his return. So, if Aaron Jones is good to go on Sunday, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you will see that Aaron Jones will go from running back 29 to, like, running back 12. And then A.J. Dillon get fucking dribbled around like a basketball and thrown out of the top 36, because Aaron Jones sucks. Not Aaron Jones sucks. Aaron Jones is good. A.J. Dillon sucks. So, with Aaron Jones, 
again, if he plays, which it seems like he may, he's going up the rankings. But right now, we still don't know, right? Practicing on Thursday in a limited fashion is what it sounds like doesn't guarantee that you play on Sunday. It is very promising, though, that if he misses this week, he will at least be good to go in week number four. And based upon how he looked in week number one, that's very, very nice for Aaron Jones' owner. So Algier got 15 or more carries in the first two games. If he scores a touchdown, you're going to be happy. If not, he's probably not going to be an ideal start. But again, the running back landscape is atrocious. The Falcons' offense runs on running the ball. The Lions' run defense isn't amazing. So Algier's running back 28. Again, Aaron Jones to kind of finish my point here, put a bow on things. He was the RB1 in PPR in week one. The matchup against the Saints isn't the best, but as long as he plays, you are going to play him and move him up the rankings. Number 30, AJ Dillon, given the baton to start as the RB1 against the Hotland of Falcons. 15 carries, 55 rushing yards last week, one target, one reception, eight yards, seven fantasy points. Not good. Not good at all, Jim. Uh, so if AJ Dillon is the guy again, while... Sure, he's guaranteed to get a bunch of touches. Not going to do much with it. I mean, if you got points per how thick this guy's quads were, he'd be a must start. But uh, in regular fantasy football, not so much. Number 31, Jalen Warren, running back 20 last week. I'm telling you guys, we need to give this guy the ball. Six targets, four receptions, 66 yards, six rushes for 20 yards. Running back 20. He's cracked the top 20. Uh, she hasn't. So... Pretty clear, we need to give the rock to Jalen Warren. But I know, while I have Jalen Warren ranked as running back 31, he's probably going to be running back 57 this week because they don't give him the ball. Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, need to figure it out. To close things out here, we got the running backs that are even grosser. We're getting even grosser, baby. The G spot, the G tier. Number 32, Gus Edwards. It seems like Justice Hill isn't going to play. They have other running backs on the roster, but you would think that Gus Edwards would be the guy getting the touches. The Ravens offense definitely looked better in week two compared to in week number one. So I'm pretty confident here that Gus Edwards will be just about all right, but it doesn't really feel like Gus Edwards is the lead back, and they're going to go with more of a committee approach. At number 33, Roshan. I saw some reports that Roshan's going to be the guy going forward over Khalil Herbert. How true is that? Who knows? The Bears, again, are a dumpster fire, and this fact that the offense is so bad is limiting Khalil Herbert as well as Roshan Johnson. But right now, based upon that report, I'm ranking Roshan ahead of Herbert. And number 34, Matt Burita will be the lead back for the Giants, but he gets a tough test, right? The 49ers defense is rock hard like your cock after you take a Viagra. So Matt Burita should be in for an okay game. But again, unless you're really down bad, you don't want to start on number 35, Khalil Herbert. Again, we did push Khalil Herbert down the rankings. I still think he's a good running back. I still like the matchup. But the problem is the Bears offense is just dick cheese. And closing things out, number 36, get your kicks on Route 66. Running back 36, Jets running back, Dalvin Cook. Now, Reese Hall barely got any touches week one or in week two. Neither did Dalvin Cook. They both had four rushes, so eight total rushes for the running backs. I know things got out of hand against Dallas, but things shouldn't get out of hand against the Patriots. So, Salah just... Run, run, run the ball gently down the stream so that Dalvin Cook could finish as a top 36 running back. And hopefully, Brees Hall could bounce back. He took an L, 
but it's time to bounce back in week number three. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't been enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hitting that like button. It would help you out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. Again, if you want to check out my Patreon for my weekly rankings, as well as answering every single question you guys have, check out the Patreon for $7.50. Link in the video description and the pinned comment. Love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great one. And as always, good boy!